This is a Media 8 production. This podcast may have explicit themes and swearing and may not be suitable for children. You know, if you're going to ask me what mistakes are made or what lessons are learned, I mean, there's a lot in there. It's a long list. But um, even in a subliminal way, I've seen my behaviour then and I, I, I'm a better person for it now. I must have somehow implemented, you know, changes in my behaviour that, that I feel like I'm in a better place and, I'm, you know, I'm a better version of, of what I was. And I think that's what everyone is trying to do, right? You know, we're just trying to achieve something greater for ourselves each and every day. If we're not, we certainly should be. The world is full of amazing people. And once a week, I get the opportunity to interview one of them. My name is Brett McCallum, and this is Awesome Human. Mike Gunner is a man who can speak six languages. English, fluent Spanish, a bit of Swedish, and even dabbles in Indian, Chinese, and Greek. He's an electrician by trade and a voiceover artist, having dabbled in the short film industry. He's now an Instagram influencer. We'll talk more about that one later. When Mike isn't seen cuddling a cute animal on Instagram, participating in a charity boxing match, or hitting the town with his new love, Mike has a number of jobs that he partakes in. His name may sound familiar to a number of people, as uh, he was one of the stars, contestants, participants, don't know what that is, we'll talk about that as well, on a little show that the whole of Australia happened to be addicted to, Married at First Sight. On top of all this talent, he's also a podcasting host. Mike helps people open up over a mic and allows them to share their stories. I'm sure he's got some awesome stories, and I'm really looking forward to this one. Welcome to Awesome Humans. Thanks, Brett. Mate, that was a big intro. No, I like to mix it up a bit, mate. It's quite funny because I got one of the girls upstairs usually writes these for me. It was all about Married at First Sight, and I didn't want that. Uh, I wanted to know about you and and learn more about you as we go through this process. I always ask this first question to everyone. What's the first ever memory you can think back? How far Uh, back can you go? uh, Well, my third birthday. Okay. Yeah, I remember the cake. My grandmother made me an aeroplane cake. I was a kid that loved aeroplanes. Okay. Yeah, she. I remember she used uh, lifesavers for the windows. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. And do you think you remember it, or do you think you've seen a picture and that helped? Oh no, no, I remember it. You do? Uh, Yeah, yeah, vividly. I feel like I've, you know, got a pretty good memory uh, okay. and, and, and a long one. Um, you know, if, if something appeals to me or, you know, has some sort of impact, uh, I, I remember it. I, I think, I don't know, I would think most people do. Yeah, lots of, if that has an impact on their life. It's yeah. interesting you can go back to three because most people are around that four or five age. Is that right? Yeah, it's, it's really, one, one guy I interviewed um, went back to about 18 months. Is that right? And I'm sitting there going, no, and then he actually could vividly... Sort of what, what was his was recollection of that Something time? Something about in the cot and then his dad did this or his mum did that. And no kidding. Yeah, it was really bizarre. It was, it was just one of those things that you, uh, I know when I think back, I'm probably about four, I suppose, standing on the wall dressed as the Hulk mm-hmm. uh, just after a birthday party. But, yeah. you know, it's really interesting when you start to think. And the other thing that will happen during this process as we go through your life is you'll start thinking about other stuff you haven't thought about. For Absolutely, years, yeah. Which is all fun. Where were you born? Well, I was born in uh, the Warunga Hospital in North Sydney, uh, the northern suburbs of Sydney, and I grew up in uh, Western Sydney in a little place called Carlingford. So you were born in the north and grew up in the west? Well, we, you would call it the northwest. North. Oh, okay. Are you, where are you from? I'm from the central coast. Oh, are you? Yeah, yeah. I've got a house in the central coast. Yeah, I grew up at the entrance. Okay, I know it well. Yeah. It's a good spot. And you're, uh, you're, a, you're a Manly fan? Parramatta for, oh, for NRL. We have to stop this now. So, <laughs> awesome humans is now over. <laughs> well, mate, people people forget the you Parramatta. You're born in Warringah. Warunga. Well, oh, Warunga. Warunga. Sorry, I thought you said Warringah. Ah, there <laughs> well, then we I'll go. be a manly fan. Well, that's okay. I'll forgive you now. No, that's okay. So Warunga. Okay. Yeah, the Sands Hospital up there. Um, nice. Did my education out in Castle Hill. Uh, did you stay in the same place sort of as a baby and as a kid? I, I did. Yeah. Around? Yeah. I had a really good childhood, you know, um, we, we were in suburbia. I wished I'd grown up near the ocean. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved surfing and that would have been something I'd probably would have taken up a lot earlier and be better at now. But, um, yeah, I was a soccer player. I, I skateboarded and biked and hiked and whatnot. So suburbia was good to me. So do you remember uh, primary school? Very well, acutely. Yeah. yeah, I had a good experience. So I had a Catholic education. Mm-hmm. Um, I went to a little Catholic school called Christ the King in North Rocks. Christ the King. Christ the there King. There you go. Yeah. And, uh, but, you know, as, as an inquisitive kid, you know, I was, um, I was particularly inquisitive. Uh, I, 
I was all about logic. And so having a religious education was conflicting because, you know. Because it's not logical? It's really not. <laughs> Let's be honest. Right? Indeed, honesty is good. Um, and so, you know, my teachers and the priests uh, and the nuns would just, you know, be tearing their hair out because I, I wouldn't stop asking questions. Um, and, you know, ultimately you end up uh, in a bit of a dead end when you want to answer technical questions on religion. Yeah, of course. You know, even as a kid I was – uh, I was onto them. And, so, um, were you were you a, a jock, a nerd? What were you in in sort of primary school around when you were young? Oh, far out! Or just I, a question asker. I was a question. Yeah, I, do you know I was a bit of a class clown. Oh yeah, yeah. I I, I, I was a bit of a Bart Simpson. Okay. You know, I, I I wanted to be outside playing in the sunshine. Yeah. I didn't want to be sitting in a classroom. Very cool. Um, I, I learned very quickly, and and you know, I was I. I'm trying to say this with modesty. I, I feel like I, I, I mastered school probably quicker than they were teaching it, you know, yeah. and, and so I'd be bored um, and I'd look for distraction and so I'd give the teacher a hard time or I'd distract other students. I mean, my report card reads like a what not to do in school. <laughs> it's, um, does it say you must sort of give more to your education or you must sort of stop being a clown? Because mine said that too. Yeah, probably. It always spoke to uh, this potential that I had. Mike uh-huh. doesn't reach his potential. Oh, my God. It was just the, the byline of my upbringing. You know, you, you, you'll never reach your potential in school. Well, I, I knew I'd do well. Yeah. I always had that confidence about me. I thought, oh, I don't need this school thing. I'll, I'll figure it out. <laughs> you know? And did that continue through high school? Did you go to, which did. high school did you go to? I went to a couple. Okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Your I, choice or theirs? <laughs> I was a bit recalcitrant in high okay. school. Um, I just, I was again, you know, uh, I probably had ADHD. Uh, I and still do. So there's nothing do you? wrong with that. Yeah, definitely. Uh, really? What's the symptom you, you find? Um, uh, shiny object syndrome. Really. Is that like, right? It's like, well, let's talk over there now. It's one of those <laughs> okay. things. Yeah, I've had it all my life. Okay. But I, I embrace that now as opposed to let it affect me. Well, probably during our vintage or, you know, our education it wasn't diagnosed no like not, at all. not at all i mean kids are you know so much as looking sideways in a classroom they've got them on ritalin yeah um i mean that may be have been a benefit to me once upon a time but um who knows look i got through it um here in one piece and i'm happy so what are you gonna do so did you make it through to year 12 i did you did yeah i did and then what did you do after that you studied uh, look, I was going to, uh, but I didn't want to be in a classroom. Yeah. And uh, I sort of started spinning my wheels a bit. My mum said, my mum's a really bright lady. She's an academic. And she said, we got to get you, you know, busy and, and, and occupy your time. So um, a friend of hers that she plays bridge with uh, knew a guy who was an electrician, <laughs> right? You could love the bridge friend. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, actually, mum's been playing bridge with the same people for about 35 That's years. That's amazing, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, there you go. Uh, they call, the bridge ladies. Yeah. Um, you do not distract the bridge ladies in the middle of their game. It's it's the wrong thing to do. But uh, she had a friend who was an electrician. Said, "Come on, we'll just get him started doing this." And that was twenty six years ago. And I'm still a trainee. So you finished uh, your, obviously your your apprenticeship. I did, and then you went on to work for someone, or just work for yourself again. Uh, well, I did for maybe a year or two, and I, I wasn't good at, at taking uh, instruction from okay. others. Um, I knew pretty early on that I wanted to be self-employed and be my own boss. Uh, I traveled for a few years, quite a few years, um, working as a trader around the world, mm-hmm. uh, discovering, you know, how this world turns, how what makes people who they are, um, societies, how they form and, and how they manage themselves. So I, was, I was interested in bigger things than being a tradesman. Um, and, and I never really, I wanted to, I was looking for my place in the world. I'm not sure that I ever found it. I was going to say, is that, are you still looking? Uh, probably, yeah. It's, uh, the thing that interested me most when I first looked at sort of your bio that, that we wrote was the fact that you speak six languages. That's, look. Is that, is that a furphy or is that true? Uh, well, um, six is a stretch, uh, to be honest with you. Um, I, I do speak <laughs> One's sp- a stretch for me. <laughs> <laughs> no, I speak Spanish pretty well. Yeah. Um, and I spent. And where'd you learn that? Well, I lived in El Salvador. Okay. Central America. Yeah. Uh, I'll tell you a funny story. Yeah. If you're interested. Uh, I, well, I was living in Sweden, and, mm. and that's where I learned the Swedish. Uh, that I, I wouldn't say I ever mastered Swedish. It's not a difficult language, but I just didn't have enough time there. I was just over 12 months in Sweden, but I, I learned in a school there. Why and I, Sweden? 
I met a girl. Okay. Um, I also worked in a, a museum in Sweden. I'd mm-hmm. uh, worked in the British Museum previously. Um, and then. Uh, so you went like a trip to London or something and then ended I up did, in Sweden? It, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I did two years in London, mm-hmm. um, living in the West End there and, and just having parties and, you know, being a Antipodean right, traveler. <laughs> uh, so coming back to um, the El Salvador thing, I, I, I had a very good Swedish friend. Uh, he was also a surfer and a, a you know lover of the outdoors, and he and I connected very quickly. and And he wanted to find a place that wasn't as cold as Sweden. He couldn't live in Australia for very long. He said, "I want to find a place that's the quintessential surf town. I'm going to live there. I'm going to start my life." I know this was his dream. Good dream, absolutely. And he uh, and he landed. He happened upon El Salvador, Central mm-hmm. America. And he did. He found that quintessential surf town and he carved out a life there. So I went to visit him. I went for two weeks. Yeah. And I got the date wrong. I'm not kidding you. I never told anyone this. I got the date wrong on my return ticket. I I, I thought it was the 19th. Turns out it was the 9th. Oops. So I didn't have as much time as I thought. So I got to about the 15th. I looked at the ticket. I thought, this can't be right. So I'd missed my return flight. Um, And my mate uh, Max had said, look, you know, Okay, you've missed your flight. Why don't you just stay for another couple of weeks? You may as well. You're all this way here. Two years later, I was still there. <laughs> I loved it. And what did you do there? Oh, I did lots of things. Uh, I taught children English, mm-hmm. uh, it, and, and I, that's where I learned Spanish, which yep. really teaching people you often learn yourself. You know, um, In fact, the Latin term, uh, apprenticeship, is a, is a Latin term that means to teach and to learn. So, oh, okay. any, yeah, any time that you teach, you are effectively learning uh, in a way. Uh, and so I, I spent my time doing that. Uh, I surfed. Uh, it was a little surf town called El Tunco. Um, there's actually six words in Spanish for, for pig, and Tunco is one of them. The reason. Okay. Yeah, there you go. Uh, a lot of them are colloquial terms, but uh, it's, in fact, they call the town El Tunco because there's a big rock in the, in the ocean right out, uh, on the, out on the beach. looks like a pig laying upside down. Oh, there you go. There you go. And so uh, it's actually a famous surf town. Um, it, it, it's Have a bit a of a break. Amazing, yeah. Oh, really? there's, there's there's four spots to choose from. Um, in fact, some world class waves down there, and you don't get many people because it's a dangerous country, uh-huh. and people are um, dissuaded from sort of going there. You know, from traveling and and spending. Were you ever time. in fear there? Do you think? No. Do you know what? Funnily enough, I never had uh, fear there. I, I I think that there's a lot to be said for third world countries in that uh, <clears throat> there's something about the human spirit that you know when we when we have the less we have, the more uh, we tend to find joy in, in, in nothingness, as it yeah. were. Um, you know, or the little things. The little things. Yeah. Things you own end up owning you, you know. And, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I'll give you a, a quick analogy of this. I was in Bali once and I, I was been, I'd been surfing and the boat sort of dropped us back at the beach. I was walking up the beach from the board. And I saw these three little uh, Indonesian little Balinese kids kicking around a uh, a Coke bottle, mm-hmm. and they were having such fun. They didn't have a soccer ball because they were clearly quite poor. They were on this beach, and they were lean, and they were tan, and they were laughing and moving, and they were just so athletic, and they were just having the time of their lives. And couldn't be thirty meters away was this white boy. I think he was Russian, but judging by the look of his parents, and whatnot, there he was on his iPad. He was overweight. He was sitting, you know, he was all sunscreened up and he was sitting under an umbrella and, and he just, he was completely ignorant to what was going on. These kids could have used a fourth player. Yeah. But do you know what I mean? To, to me, that kind of, that contrast was like a juxtaposition between this third world uh, uh, and, and the first world. Yeah, I agree. And, and, and it, I had a moment of just, okay, this is, this is where we're going wrong in society. Anyway, point is, uh, I learned a lot from having lived in Central America, a lot. And uh, I think it changed me, and um, and I think I in what way? What did it change? How did it change you? I think it it taught me an appreciation of uh, the things that we we take for granted in the in the Western world. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think that we've we, we've got we focus on maybe the wrong the wrong things. I think that happiness. Oh, this is so cliche, but happiness happiness really is that is a currency. Um, and, and, and I don't think we deal in it enough. So it's kindness. Absolutely. Kindness wins always. But I'm a, I'm a true believer in that. And I think you, you've hit the nail on the head. That's like our kids. We, our kids don't have electronic devices um, at dinner, at, at restaurants, all that sort of stuff. They actually communicate with the rest of the family. And yeah. they go outside and they play footy. <laughs> like we moved into a cul-de-sac 
and it's full of kids. So yeah. every afternoon they're all knocking on each other's door, come and play footy. Whereas like some a lot of other kids are in there playing fours are on the on the Xbox or whatever. And yeah. it's just like it's so it makes them so happy to actually be outside and the endorphins around like everything's happening yeah, because absolutely. they're actually outside in the sun. That's right. Which is the way it should be. And I agree a million percent on what you're saying. Look, it, it's a big I don't have any children. Um, but I would recommend anyone that does. Uh, I've got lots. You can have one of mine. I've got four. So. Okay. Have you? <laughs> yeah, I have, yeah. It'll be uh, time to change the bathwater. <laughs> Good idea. Um, look, I, it, it's, it's a big problem for, mm. for, for society now. You know, you, you look at these children that are they're on a device. I mean, I'm on my device a lot. Yeah. You know, and probably you are. And probably 100%. Any, way too much. Anyone listening to this is probably on a device. <laughs> They're listening to it on the device. You know, yeah. so. <laughs> the irony. It's right. It's, it's, yeah. So that's where the Spanish come from. What about the other? What, what about Chinese? Well, uh, I dated a Chinese girl for a while. Okay. Um, and look. It's There's some, a pattern here. There is. Somebody <laughs> said to me once, somebody said to me once, dating someone that, uh, that speaks a foreign language is like having a dictionary on your pillow. Um, you know, you, you really do. I mean, I'm more interested in their culture and, and the, you know, and learning their language probably than most. I yeah. mean, I, I know guys that say I'll start chatting and say Spanish with someone and then the boyfriend comes along and says, oh, what are you two talking about? Oh, we're just chatting in Spanish. Uh, oh, how long have you two been together? Oh, we've been together 10 years. Hang on, you've been together 10 <laughs> years and you've never learned Spanish with this woman? Like, come on. Why wouldn't you take advantage of the opportunity to learn another language if yeah, you definitely. were dating someone from there? So I, I guess I just picked the brains of anyone that I was with uh, for any length about their languages. Um, was that the same as Greek then? Greek, I did a season in the Greek islands. Okay. Um, I was there nine months actually um, before and after the season. I was there for quite a while. I had a ball there and uh, again, I, I, you know, knocked around with a local Greek girl. She was gorgeous, by the way. Um, Maria. Oh, boy. And... Uh, <laughs> Can I say that on you? You can say whatever you like, mate. There are no rules. Good. Um, because I can tell you, look, I mean, when, you know, truth, honestly, you know, at truth, you were talking about kindness before. I mean, truth is the same. It, it will always find a way. Yep. Truth and logic. You cannot deny them. It doesn't matter. Look, if you don't like the truth, that's fine, but it doesn't make it any less relevant. Oh, you know, of course. This is, this is just, I think people forget this in the, in the politically correct world. Um, so I will be speaking truth today, Good. Brett. That's what we're after, mate. That's what yeah. we're after. What about Indian? That one interests me. Oh, look, uh, I, as a trader down in Sydney, there's a lot of Indian people okay. where I lived, and I had a lot of Indian customers. Uh, and again, I would um, I would speak to them as much as I possibly could in India. I bought a, an Indian uh, dictionary too, thesaurus. And, um, so you, to me, you seem like you're the bloke that adapts to the situation they're in. So whether it's the Greek Isles, whether it's the... El Salvador, whatever you actually then adapt to what that is and and enjoy the culture. We do the same when we travel. Like I'll travel on the local public transport. Absolutely, um, we don't do the tour buses, all that sort of stuff. We we just love the fact that when we do these things, like the kids or my wife, we all get to experience this stuff. And the whole reason you go to these countries or these places is to experience. That's right. So why would you do all the touristy stuff when you can actually go behind the scenes and do the really cool shit? Absolutely. Yeah. Look, you know, I honestly, I could count on one hand the number of times I've ever done a package deal or, or a tour mm-hmm. with a guide and a group of Westerners, you know. Um, I just hit the joint and meet the locals, stay with them, party with them, yeah. you know, get to know their lives, maybe spend a day or two at their work, see how they do that, what they do. I mean, Travel can be a history lesson. I mean, it, traveling is living, I think. Yep. Um, and, and you learn so much from other people and, and your experience can be, uh, you know, something really special if you, if you go out of your way and you kind of get off the beaten track a bit. Um, well, living is learning, isn't it, really? It definitely is. Yeah, I think we get a bit comfortable in our, you know, little McMansions we here. Do. And we so do. True, we so. so do. You know, you... People, I mean, they look. I, I love Bali, right? I've been mm-hmm. to Bali more than a dozen times. I surf there, and you know, I do a bit of yoga and kind of get amongst it. I love the culture. Mm-hmm. I think we're actually very spoiled to have it so close to Australia. Yeah, because there is a big cultural difference between the two of us. There's some countries, uh, sorry, some people that that don't go really anywhere but Bali, Bali, and maybe Thailand. Yeah. Um, and and you know, I could probably see how that is. They're convenient and fairly close, and cheap countries to travel to. Um. But I always feel like anytime you go to another country, sometimes it's like going to another planet. Mm. I mean, obviously we can't go to other planets just yet, but to to just you know land in another country, particularly in Europe, 
you know, you go from Germany to Spain to say Switzerland. It's so different. The cultures are so different. Before the euro, of course, they had different currencies as well, and and but the the languages are different. The look of the people is different. Their 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 customs. Um, you know, then you go down through sort of Africa. Uh, you know, to down through to South. I mean, these places, the the the, the diversity of humanity. We're really again, we're really spoiled, and Definitely. and this is something we don't. And not enough people take advantage of. Did you find well before you started traveling, all Australians looked alike, looked alike, like looked like Australians, yeah. and then when you actually <laughs> travel, you can pick where they're from. Isn't that interesting? <laughs> I, I just yeah. we, we did ten years in the UK. We went for six months, come back ten years later. Okay, but after about a year, like I knew who was from Melbourne, who was from Adelaide, no where, where all these people were from, and like when you're here, you don't really take much notice of that. Yeah, that's interesting. And it's it's similar, I suppose. Like things in New South Wales are different to Queensland, not as much as they are in Germany and France and all that sort of stuff. But the actual, there are different diverse oh, yeah. cultures within Definitely. within Australia, and I find it really interesting that yeah. we never knew that before we actually travelled. I think you're right. What do you think gives it away? Accent, accent, look. maybe, yeah, look, yeah, yeah. where they dress, the where they speak, yeah, pretty much. Look, apart from our um, our accent, the Australian accent. In fact, the Australian accent, um, you know, it's it is di- more diverse than I think what we give it credit for. I mean, if you were if you were sitting having a coffee in in say Double Bay or, or Watson's Bay or something like that with a local socialite, I mean, they're going to sound very different to if you went out to say Logan and had a chat Indeed. with someone sitting, you know, at a Burger King. Um, so. We do have that diversity in our accent, but it, it is essentially still. I mean, you go to somewhere like England. Yes, London has four different accents, mm-hmm. five um, within twenty k's of each other. I mean, that's that's fascinating. It's, it's if, bizarre, isn't <laughs> it? Though how how these little small like you go to the east end and then you go to the west end in London, they sound completely different. Oh, and they're completely different people. Yeah, like and they're twenty k's apart. That's right. That's oh, it's it's amazing. Yeah, it's in the I, I've worked in the museum, um, in the British Museum up in, up in Holborn. There, I mean, there why was, the British Museum? What happened there? How'd that work? Oh, I I ran a job. Uh, they did a big renovation uh, in There's a two thousand. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. Um, they put a big roof on it uh, over the the main uh, courtyard area, and you know, upgraded all the porticos. They spent million millions of dollars on this thing. Um, and uh, but it, it, there was so many. It was guys from Wales and some, some Irish guys, a lot of labourers and scaffolders and builders and, you know, other trades. You know, and you'd have a guy from, say, Hull uh, or anybody, hello, mate, how you doing? <laughs> it's a bit of a laugh, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? And then you'd meet a guy that was kind of a dropout from Eton and he'd go, my word, I'd give guineas <laughs> for the good Chardonnay's the Patterson, don't spare the horses. You know, and, and these guys are working together and they sound so different, but they're English and they're only, you know, 100K away yeah. from where they grew up from one another. But you're right about Australians. Um, I, a, I like meeting exactly Aussies overseas. Oh, so do I. I love it. And especially like when you go places that where they just go. Like in London, there's obviously the Antipodean areas and all that sort of stuff. We made a point of living in England. So we had English friends and we met like yeah. the local people and all that sort of stuff. But I used to love going back to a walkabout or something like that. And Loved it. In catch act- up with the Aussies. Act- and- <laughs> oh, no, uh, no, Hammersmith. Hammersmith, yeah. 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 yeah, that was always fun. Yeah. <laughs> so when you were growing up, how was family life? Mum and dad or just mum or? <sighs> mum and dad. Yeah. And I've got two sisters. Mm-hmm. Um, How old are they? Older or younger? Yeah, both older. I'm, a, I'm a, the youngest, mm-hmm. little spoiled youngest one. Golden child? Yes, in my mother's eyes. <laughs> At least you admit it. Yeah, I do. Yeah, no, I, I, absolutely. You know, she's my favourite person. Yeah. Um, you know, I think, I think boys love their mothers, don't they? They do. Yeah. You know, you've got that. I had a really lovely bond with my mum growing up. I, uh, I, uh, I, I can remember that acutely. Also, um, you know, I just had this real affection for my, my mother. She gave great cuddles, and she tickle me to sleep and you know she's just very soft and gentle she was never cross at me it was my dad that was the cranky one yeah um you know he did the disciplinarian thing with me and um uh fun fact i i didn't really get along with my dad growing up very mm. much um yeah i don't know what happened there we don't know if we were too similar too different um i still haven't figured that out but um the mm. country loves my dad from from maps, yes, no, indeed, yeah, yeah. He's so he's a big big celebrity now, is he? Oh, wow, <laughs> Mike's dad. You know, it's funny. He was at Coles. He called me one day. He goes, "Oh, the Coles ladies always wanted photos with me." <laughs> and apparently, if he's at the deli, like he doesn't need to take a ticket. They all rush out. He's a bit of a charmer too, just quietly. So probably is a bit like yourself. Is that what you're saying? 
Uh, is that where you get it from? Do you think I'm charming? Oh, mate. <laughs> you asked me at hello. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> it's, it's quite funny that um, we end up growing up like one of our parents. Like we lost my dad 15 years ago and I always uh, always thought actually like we we're always best buds, like me and the old man and we used yeah. to do shit together and stuff like that. And then I always just thought actually he was the disciplinarian and he was this. And then actually now I sit back and go, actually, no, mum was. Okay. <laughs> mum was telling him what to do. Is that right? What do they <laughs> That's say? That's the that? way it worked. It's really interesting that uh, – that yeah, she used to go and make sure he does that or go and, and like so she's pulling the levers whilst he's actually yeah. doing the discipline. Well, they say that the father is the head of the house and the woman is the neck. That's a fair call. Yeah, that's a fair, probably the same in my house as well. Yeah, <laughs> come to think of it. So let's go there. Why, why did you go on to a television show to find love? So I'll, re, I'll re-ask the okay, question. Okay, come on. Did you go on television show to find love, or did you go on television show to be uh, for fame, celebrity, all that sort of stuff. Look, I've got to be honest with you. Yeah. Right? I'm be completely honest. Um, and th- this was my thinking. <clears throat> Look, I'd done a bit of dating previous to yeah. Max. And I-, I-, I met some great girls. Um, and- and Did you ever get married before? No. Okay. Nearly? Just the ones. <laughs> <laughs> Were you nearly married before? Previous yeah, to I, relationships I, and stuff I, like that? I almost married a woman, yeah, okay. about maybe 10 years ago. Um, I probably should have. And previous to that, I think I was about 21 and I asked a girl to marry me. And that mm-hmm. never really came to much. But um, look, I, I reached my 40s and I was still single. And by this time, the, you know, my family and friends are ramping up the pressure. I'm like, when are you going to settle down? Um, and, and I was starting to feel it myself. I was for the longest time thinking, ah, it's not for me, you know, I want to travel, continue to travel and live my life as a single man. But um, I wanted to, I did want to get married. So uh, did I, on, did I need You contradicted yourself no. there. You contradicted, you said you wanted to live your life as a single man and continue to travel. Yep. Actually, I did want to get married. I'm sorry, up into that, um, up, up to a point. point. Yeah, oh, to, okay, about yeah. 40, okay. I, I decided, all right, look, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get lonely at some point. Yeah. You know, I think I, and I wanted children, <clears throat> can't do that alone. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, yeah, I wanted to, to. I started getting a, a, a taste for it and, okay. and, and the desire to, to start settling down. So I was looking around and I was meeting. Problem is, is when you leave it till you're 40 yeah. to meet a woman, this, this is what I've found. Now, I'm going to generalize here and people yeah. are going to tear their hair out listening to this. But by it, to, it, say, okay, so I'm a 40 year old guy. So I really am not going to date anyone probably younger than 28. Yep, Do you know cool. what I mean? Yep. So now the problem there is, is that women between say 20, 20 and 28, that, that's when they're, uh, I suppose, looking to, you know, settle down in a, in a way and meet a guy and if it goes well they get married and maybe by 28 30 they start having children by 28 you know most well far out maybe not most but <clears throat> a lot of women have either got a child mm-hmm. uh, have been married um and again i'm generalizing but by 35 let's say um i feel like all the good ones have been snapped up now some slip through the net absolutely yep. there's some great single 40 year olds even out there um you got to wonder why they're forty, but then again, I'm forty-five and single again. So <clears throat> we got a girlfriend now, but I'm not married. So you could argue I'm single. Um, how have I come to this? Age? I mean, that's the first question on people's lips. How have you come to forty-five and you're single? And and you know, what's wrong with you? Yeah, that's pretty much what people think. Yeah. Right, I'm sure you were thinking it. No, not at all. No, I'm just. <laughs> but it is. People generalize, mate. People, they do. People, there's a lot of people out there with opinions that don't need to have an opinion because it's none of their fucking business. Right. And there's there's lots of people there like. They look at someone and they say, oh, the reason this is because of that. They don't even know that person. Exactly. They, and that's why it interests me that you then go on to a TV show where then everyone makes that yeah. okay, judgment, so let's call it. I'm getting to that. Okay, yeah. so, so let's go back to that. Um, look, I, <clears throat> did, I th- did I need maths? No, mm-hmm. probably not. How would you find out about it? You see, no, I was actually. Uh, I, I watched the season before mine. It was the first time I'd watched it. I quite enjoyed it actually. Mm-hmm. Um, but I great thought, show. I felt like the guys were a bit weak. Yep, I really did. I thought oh, they're just not. They're not saying what they really mean. I mean, it's just, they're they're pussyfooting around. Mm-hmm. I thought if I get on this thing, I'm just going to be so direct, and I'm just going to be me. And you know, devil may care, love me or hate me, I'm just going for it. So I, I was actually, funnily enough, um, uh, looking on online and the, the application was there and it was a whole thing and I thought oh far out okay I'll, I'll send an application in and I went through the the process and um eventually I, I was selected now 
did I need maths? No, okay. There's any number of dating apps I could have used. I could have walked into a bar. I met a girl. I could have, mm -hmm. you know, joined a, a club. And there's, there's girls everywhere. There's women everywhere that are available. And I probably could have met a woman that way. But I thought if I meet someone great, then it's as good as anything, any other way of meeting her. I could be meeting her at a bus stop or a cafe or I could meet her on maths. And it, what a great experience as yeah. well. Um, so, look, to say it was my only option to meet a woman, of course not. But it was always going to be a fun experience and an interesting one. And, and I'm all up for experience. So I went for it. Good on you for having a crack. Yeah. And, and so the process to get on this show, is it like you go through all of the um, – uh, psychologists and yep. all that sort of stuff. So is it a pretty intense way to get on? It, you know, you don't actually meet anyone face-to-face -face until you are literally uh, the final um, interview, let's call it. Uh, they fly me or they flew me to, to Sydney and, and I spoke to the executive producer and her assistant. Or, uh, and, and so, you know, they wanted to put eyes on me and see what I was like in person and whatnot. Mm -hmm. But previous to that, I hadn't actually met anyone. It had all been online applications and then phone calls. I did do a Skype call at one point. Um, you know, more, a couple of months went by. I didn't really hear much. I thought, oh, okay, well, this isn't going to happen. And then another email, oh, no, you're still in the running. Okay, now we need a medical check from you. So I had to go get a meeting. And then, now we need a copy of your passport. I thought, okay, well, this is interesting. Now, things <laughs> are hotting close. up. Yeah, we're getting close. <laughs> Pointy end. Um, and, but there was questionnaires. Boy, oh, boy, there was a questionnaire. I think it was from memory, 426 questions. Wow. In fact, that was the number. It was, yeah. It was a... And I, I remember I went down um, to Sydney for a trip to meet my parents and whatnot, and I had the whole family there. And I said, come on, we'll do these questions together. together. Fair call. And we made this. It was so much fun. It took us about three hours. I mean, you know. <laughs> so a lot many, of questions. It was, yeah. And, and my family had their input as well. And they're, no, 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 Mike, you're not like that. No, you're like this. Put, put B for that one. And <laughs> so they helped me with it and, and trying. I guess the, the psychologists then go away and look at it and and decide if you're you know eligible or, or able to to sort of um maintain some sanity through the show um what was the weirdest question on the 426 do you remember oh there was stuff about you know what kind of dreams you have you ever had dreams of um you know harming others um oh yeah yeah wow oh this i suppose was, they have to don't they? well they do because <laughs> yeah you don't want someone Topping someone on telly. That's right. They don't want to just, exactly. They're, they're just someone a violent person or somebody mm. that ha, you know lashes out in, in a way that could affect the production or somebody in there. And so, um, I guess once they've determined that you're you know eligible and and for the for the show, they then want to meet you in person. And you know you you, you put your best foot forward, which I did. Um, and uh, away we went. And so during all this period. You don't meet anyone else from the show. Or? I got a, I, I got a, I got a confession. Yeah, I actually was on a date when I got the. Flight. Did you really? Yeah, <laughs> I was on a first date with a girl. Yeah, uh, on the beach, right opposite my house because I lived down there on the Goldie, right yeah. opposite the beach, and we were laying on a towel and had the um the umbrella out, and was I think we were having a, a kombucha or something, and then the phone rings. They said, "Oh, Mike, we found you someone, but we want you on." What do you tell the oh, date? Just turn to <laughs> That's her a bit I, awkward. Ex well, I didn't think. Had I, you told her you would actually apply? No, no, okay. I hadn't because I still didn't know. I still because <laughs> honestly, like you, like I said, weeks and sometimes months would pass. You wouldn't hear anything. Yeah, you're like, oh well, I might as well keep dating. Like, because if I meet someone really special, I'll, and if, if they do say you're on, I could at that point say, hey, listen, guys, sorry, my circumstances have changed. Mm -hmm. But um, <laughs> I'm on I'm on the beach and I got off the phone and and I sort of said, oh look, um. I'm, I'm, I'm going to have to wrap this up. I don't think we continue to see each other. Uh, and she, she was actually really happy for me, and, and she was a bit of a good sport about it. Um, have you seen her since? I haven't. No, no. I never saw her again. I think we're still friends on Facebook. But oh, there you go. Yeah. And so then you get on this show. Yep. And then what's going through your head before it all starts? Are you nervous? Are you are you sort of thinking, oh wow, this will be another adventure? Yeah, yeah, a bit of both. Yeah. Bit of both, both of those things. Um, so I was contacted. I'm still working as a trader, you know, yeah. doing my electrical thing and whatnot. And one day they called and said, okay, because I didn't know where the – oh, far out. There's so many moving parts to this. I almost mm. don't know where to start. Um, look, I, I was nervous. So I, I, I told my family, mm -hmm. you know, just my immediate family because they'd been they'd said, look, don't tell anyone. You know, you've got to keep this under wraps and whatnot. So I actually told my sisters. Uh, I didn't tell my mum and dad. Okay. I, I wanted it to be a surprise for them, but I did tell my both my sisters. Just because you're going to tell someone, say, yeah. right? 
Oh, they were loving it. My the one that was on there, Danielle was just like, "Oh my god, this is the greatest thing! It's gonna be amazing! How much fun is this?" We were so excited. Yeah. Um, and uh, funnily enough, actually, that particular sister, Danielle, the one that was on the show, she'd written uh, when I went for my very first interview. Um, she'd written about a dozen questions that I could be expected to ask. She said, "Read through these." She'd handwritten them, took a photo, and sent them to me. And she said, read through this because you can expect to be asked those. Have some answers ready, you know, get your words right and, and your story and, and, and fun and, and enthusiastic and entertaining answers for these, which I did. And I think that was a, a really helpful thing early on. Um, anyway, uh, so, yeah, we, we, the first scene we shot was um, me telling my family. <clears throat> so is this the first time you've been on camera? Have you done anything like this in the past? Have you done any TV or anything like that? You know, I... I did. I did because they're all actors. Well, they're not. <laughs> no, they're I not. know they're not. That was a, a Look, bit of a inverted commas above my head. Uh, yeah, that's true. Look, um, I, I'd done the the modelling thing mm-hmm. in in El Salvador in Central America and and the United States. Um, so I'd stood in front of stills cameras and yep. I'd done TV ads as well. Um, I was a pilot and I was a chef and I was a wrestler and I was a mm-hmm. few different things for uh, commercials. But never an acting role. I, I did do a short film, to be fair. Um, a young student filmmaker asked me to come along and remake a scene from uh, a Quentin Tarantino film. It only ran for a couple of minutes. Yeah. Um, I enjoyed that, to be fair. In fact, acting, I would I'd consider taking it up. Um, <clears throat> but not too seriously. I, so in the show, do you class yourself as an actor? Goodness, no. No, no absolutely It's all not. real? It's all real, man. Okay. You couldn't fake it. I mean, th- there's no script. You couldn't write a script like yeah, that. Yeah, of How course. How could you, po- you know... <laughs> You would need actors and, and that it'd be wooden. I mean, you couldn't mm. deliver those lines um, without uh, – it just wouldn't work. It, reality is stranger than fiction. Truth is stranger than fiction and more fascinating, really. Um, so, so your first scenes was the one with your parents? Yeah. Uh, from memory, I think it was them, me telling my family that um, what was going on. And, and you hadn't told them, so it's the no, actual reaction. That's like, pretty cool. Oh, wow. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. My dad was like, what are you doing? Um, my mum was just ever supportive, you know, oh, this is great, Mike. Oh my God, you're getting married. We're going to a wedding. Oh, wow. Um, and then, and then I think the next scene we should say, you know, cause this is in Sydney, obviously the f- number of flights I did from the Gold Coast to Sydney, you've got no idea. Um, because then I had to go back down and do the boys night. Yeah. Um, Gosh, so that's the actual first time you meet all those guys. Meet the guys. That's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. So they and they build it up. You know, I'm in this beautiful hotel in the city. Um, gosh, I've stayed in some lovely hotels. I mean, they really look <laughs> after you. The budget on this thing's huge. It's in beautiful hotels. Like anything, you know, any food and and, and transport, drinks, it's up. It's all yeah. they pay for it all, uh, and all the flights, of course. Um, and so I, the first night was this Bucks night where you meet all the other guys, and I, I was the fourth one in. I think it was. Mick Bronson and Nick. Yeah. Mate, they are all tall. I'm six foot one. Mm-hmm. Right? Well, I'm so short. It's, yeah. pretty, it's pretty tall. I think Mick's six four. Oh, really? Oh, I think he's six five, actually, because Bronson's about six four. So he's massive. He's a big unit. And, and Nick's six three. So I walk into this room and I'm the little one. I'm the little one. <laughs> I'm used to being usually around the tallest guy. Yeah, yeah, of course. And I walked in. It was like the Valley of the Giants. <laughs> I remember when Cameron walked in, you know, Cam and Jules. Yeah. He walked in, he just looked around because he's five foot nothing. <laughs> he must be five eight, I think. And he walked in, and he's this guy's, this is ridiculous. What is going on? He was the shortest by a mile. But he's got such a funny sense of humor, such a nice guy. Um, we all got along immediately. Um, I had a lot of beers that night. Yeah. And far And do out. they do that? Do they ply you with beer to try and get better TV out of it, you Look, reckon? That that would be inaccurate. I, yeah. I'll tell you, I'll tell you why. Because they don't. Pl- no one's plying you with anything. Yeah, I mean, that, yeah, that, yeah. that suggests they're sort of holding you down, no, of thrusting course, yeah. it in. Yeah. There is always alcohol on oh, hand. Yeah. Okay. And you know, boredom and sobriety go hand in hand. <laughs> um, because the dinner parties run eight hours sometimes. Eight hours. Six to eight hours. Oh yeah. Wow. Oh yeah. You get on set at like uh, oh geez, maybe four thirty in the afternoon, mate. You could be walking out of there at four in the morning. Really? Yeah. Yeah. No kidding. By the time you know, there's breaks and a few other bits. It's a long. It could be. You could be in the studio ten hours in total. That's amazing. And you're sitting at that table for probably at least six. Yeah. And there's beers everywhere. I mean, <laughs> you got a waiter there at your beck and call. I mean, can you imagine sitting at dinner without yeah. a beer for six hours? No, they couldn't. For the first two hours, nothing happens. Yeah. I mean, it's just chit chat, you know. And and then once people start really tipping them back, you, you get a little bored. You get a little inquisitive as to what's happening over here. And then somebody says something that makes your ears prick up, and you're like, "Hang on, what, what do you mean by that?" Yeah. You know. 
and 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 you that's where you get the really spicy moments and they're just rolling on this stuff the whole time so did you watch it did you watch every episode? Oh, yeah, absolutely, yeah. And did you sit there and go, oh, oh that, God, yes. that was out of context or that was wrong or, or it's the, the editing's very clever. I'm not allowed to talk about that. Of course you're not. I, I, unfortunately, I'll tell no, you that's what. that's fair enough. Yeah, I, I did sign a contract yeah. and, and I want to honour that. Um, I can't talk speak to editing. There's, there's a way I can sort of speak to it. Um, they're trying to create a story. Of course they are. You know, and, and you have to – you cherry pick the meatiest bits and the spiciest bits, and that's how you create your story. Um, I, that's I, what we do. That's what we do. That's what this. we do. We're telling stories. Exactly. That's what it's about somebody I heard somebody online say, you know, that that's the nature of grotesque things that they is that they're so fascinating you can't look away. I mean, that that's human nature that we are attracted to things that shock us, mm-hmm. that give us, cause us some sort of an emotional response. Yep. And and moments of of conflict and and emotional moments, those are beautiful triggers that people just can't look away from, uh, and that's what you know maths is and, and reality television. I mean, they're not going to show you the boring stuff; you tune out. So, are you glad you went on maths? Definitely. Are yeah. you glad because you met an amazing woman, or are you glad because you got notoriety, or that you've now got other opportunities in life? Why are you glad? It's, no one's asked me this, actually. It's an interesting question, Brett. I, I like that one. Um, look, I, I really enjoyed hanging out with Heidi. Mm-hmm. I really did, mate. Yeah. A good mm. chick. Ah, oh. yeah, she come across as a good chick, and she's actually friends of one of the radio hosts here on the Gold Coast, and okay, she yeah. speaks about her all the time about during that whole process. She okay, was, uh, she was uh, talking about her. Oh, I don't doubt that she spoke about me, and and you know, no, she never did actually. Is that right? Yeah, never ever. Okay. Uh, well, not that I heard. She may have. But oh, she'd be the only one that didn't. <laughs> they ripped in, mate. They, they did. They had oh, a good yeah. crack. They were going to go there next. Yeah, so, okay. So what, what, what do you get out of it? Look, I'll it, it, tell you what. There's something really fascinating about being a famous person. Mm-hmm. Walking down the street and people wanting a, a, a photo with you. I mean, that's something that you could never, uh, you know, achieve or, or experience any other way, I suppose. Um, <clears throat> do you like that? Sometimes, yeah. yeah. Yeah, sometimes it's fun, you know. Like I, I went out to a restaurant last night and, you know, everyone wants a photo. And, I mean, I, I don't know, maybe it speaks to my uh, character, maybe it, my star sign of a Leo, we do like attention. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not necessarily all the ways, but it, it's flattering when somebody yeah. wants, you know, to, to speak to you about your, yourself. I mean, it's flattering being here with you. No, the fact no. that you've asked me to come along at all, I mean, that's it's kind of an honour. Oh, I appreciate you coming. Yeah, well, I mean, you wouldn't, you probably wouldn't, I wouldn't be here had I not done maths, right? I mean. Potentially, yeah. Well, right. that's how I knew of you. Exactly. So there you go. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Fair I mean, call. Doesn't make me any less of an interesting person, but no. I suppose I've got a story to tell. Um, and, and I totally understand that. I can dig that. Um, yeah, look, I, I enjoyed hanging out with her and getting to know her. I learned a lot about myself. Um, it was an amazing experience. I learned how television works. And mm-hmm. um, I learned about the media, um, yep. you know, how, how, Fickle and cruel they can be, but also how uh, fascinating it the whole process is. I learned a lot about people. Uh, I learned lessons I would never have learned any other way. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just you have to really be immersed in it and and uh, to, to understand how it works. Um, and and that that's something I'm thankful for. Do you think it showed you in a good light or a bad light, or did it give you a good reputation or a bad reputation? Oh boy, it's enough. Another tough one. Uh, let me put it this way: <clears throat> What do you think? What do you feel? Good, bad, or ugly? Uh, I, I think a little from each column. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'd, I'd, yeah, for yeah. Sure. Look, uh, let me put it this way: I reckon ninety percent of guys, ninety-five percent of men that I meet, think I'm great. Mm-hmm. They come up and they gush. Oh, Mike, you, you know we really are a huge fan. Was totally in support of you. Once in probably a hundred, a guy will come up and go, nah, didn't like you. And that's fine. He's entitled to his opinion. Everyone's got an opinion. I reckon 70% of women say are about the same. They're like, oh, we thought you were great. 30% hate me. Mm-hmm. And I can see how that is. Mm-hmm. That, that's the, the sort of the, the tragic irony of it is that even though they dislike me and they've, I, I, I'd love to explain why they, don't, they shouldn't, I can understand why they do. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I think, I think that's where empathy comes from is the ability to see things from another person's perspective um, or, you know, to feel what they're, how they would feel in given those circumstances. And, and based on what, man, me watching it back, I, I, there was times where I didn't like me. I'm like, this guy's a dick. <laughs> like, why would you say that? 
again, it comes back to removing a little of the context. Yeah. Um, all right. Again, I can't really speak. No, to that's that, fine. But, but you, I think you, everyone understands. You can imagine, right? Okay. <laughs> yeah, of course. Um, so, look, there was. Uh, it's, it's, Maybe I did come off as a bit of a jerk, but I tell you what, I've worked very hard to reverse that image of myself. And do you think because you come across that way, you've actually then looked at yourself a lot closer than you would have and then actually made different changes in your life because of that? Yeah, definitely. I, I, for sure, I mean, you, you would have to or you'd be making the same mistakes. Um, you know, if you're going to ask me what mistakes I made or what lessons I learned, I mean, there's a lot in there. It's a long list, but um, I've definitely – even as in a subliminal way, I've seen my behavior um, then and I, I, I'm a better person for it now. Mm-hmm. I must have somehow implemented, you know, changes in my behavior that, that I feel like I'm a, in a better place and I'm, you know, I'm a better version of, of what I was. And I think that's what everyone's trying to do, right? You know, we're trying to achieve a little more, um, uh, you know, uh, we're just trying to achieve something greater for ourselves each and every day. If we're not, we certainly should be. And, and so, uh, I'm better for it, and 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 I'm thankful for it. That's good. And do you see Heidi at all? Do you speak to her? Are no you in contact. <clears throat> no, sadly not. No. Okay. I, I look. If the phone rang now, so I'd I'd love to have a chat. Mm-hmm. You know, I I it took a while to get over. Her, I'm honestly. sure it did. Yeah, it did, man. I, I really connected with her beautifully, and um and just uh, without going into too much of the detail of how it ended, um, it was a damn shame because I'd still be with her now. Yeah, I thought she was great. Um. Not always, but then again, nor was I. Um, we, we both had our flaws, but um, no, I thought... It's I thought, also an intense way to meet someone. Well, it's thrown together like that. It's kind of unfair. I, I often wonder how we would have went if I'd met her... In um, a coffee shop. In a coffee shop. <laughs> it's interesting, but it'd also be interesting to see whether you would have actually met her in a coffee shop. You know what I mean? Whether you would have actually had those initial conversations and, and, and chatted her up, if you like. Uh, yeah. In that, because... Like you look at you look at some of these matches that they do, and you sit there and go, "Really? Like yeah. <laughs> that's that's yeah, bizarre. right." And and you can see some of them are done for stories and all sure. that sort of stuff. But at the same time, you're like, and then you see someone they get on really, really well, um, and you think, "Wow, that's actually a match no one ever saw." Sure. Like therefore, that if you met her in the street, you probably would not have said, "That's right." Yeah, yeah. So it's point. really interesting looking at it from that. I point. know. I would have. I would have chatted her up. I think she's cute. Yeah. 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 I mean, she's a cute girl, and uh, and she's. She's bubbly as anything, you know. She can light up a room. Like, I mean, she has that ability, you know, that charm that, that only probably not everyone has. Few people really possess that ability just to walk into a room and just light it up with, with your presence, with your personality and, and your, you know, spirit. Um, and I saw that in her immediately. And I thought that was – unfortunately, there was other things about – Heidi, that it, it just they you know they didn't appeal to me like that, and and no doubt sometimes it's way. not right. Yeah, it's that simple. Like sometimes it's it's not right, and if it's not right, it shouldn't happen. That's why I look at these things. Yeah, man. So you're now found a new lovely girlfriend. I have. And did you pick her up in a cafe, or how'd that work? No, I met her. Uh, she uh, I used to live down in a, a little spot called Magic Mountain, which is a big uh, sort of residential complex. With pool it used to and be a theme it. park back in the day. That's right, indeed. Back yeah. on top of the hill. Remember the slippery dip? Yeah. You used to go down That's the hill. Right. <laughs> oh my god, I got a few carpet burns from that one. Um, yeah, I, so I met her there, and and she was on her veranda, and we started chatting. You know, we caught eyes, and and we started chatting a little bit, and um, it was actually kind of getting late at night, and um, she, I said, oh, you know, what's your name, and, and what not? And she said, I know who you are. I thought, oh, here we go. <laughs> here we go. She's one of the 30%. <laughs> yeah, she, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm going to have to turn around. And uh, I said, oh, come on. It's all good. You know, nice to meet you. Uh, I said, what are you, what are you doing right now? I said, how about we have a cup of tea? He's like, mate, I'm going to bed. Like, it's late. I'm like, ah, oh, never too late for a, for a cup of chamomile. Come on, we'll, we'll have a quick chat and I'll leave. <laughs> so I did. I went up and, um, and yeah, we never looked back. You know, again, I mean, she's a great girl. Yeah. Um, we have our moments, though, her and I. Of course you do. Um, I've been married for 23 years. We have lots of moments. Do you? <laughs> All the time. Describe one. I, we, we, we disagree on a lot of things. I've got ADA. I'm very intent. Are you? And my wife's very relaxed. You don't strike me as intense. Really? I know. It's one of those, uh, like, I do lots. Like, I work really hard. I work long hours, do all that sort of stuff. My wife brings up our kids. I get there as much as I possibly can. When, and so we we sort of you got to slow down. This is what she says to me. You got to you got to slow down. Like you can't keep doing this. And okay. it's just like, well, I do. That's me. You can't change me. It's like, and and we met when she was seventeen. How old are your children? 
Uh, the girls are 16 and 15 and the boys Goodness are me. 12 and 10. Wow. Well, best thing that ever happened. Really? Yeah, unbelievable. No, I'm when hearing you, this. When you have a child, it's um, if you're lucky enough to have a child, then it's just – you've never seen love like it. Like, Do you think you're saying this now, though, because, you know, say six months after your first baby was born, your mm-hmm. first little girl um, – did you feel like because there's the minute, these sleepless nights? No, literally the minute my child was born, you just sit there and go, "Holy shit, we <laughs> just created a human!" No kidding. And um, yeah, no mate. From that day, she's uh, I brought her up as a tomboy originally. Now okay. she's a girl. When they first come out in their skirts and their boob tubes, you sit there, oh shit, here we go. It's all <laughs> starting now. But no, my kids are great, mate. I love them. We we parent them. Yeah. Um, and some people don't parent their children. Give me. What, how, I think just that's really define important. what you mean there. Well, I've got. I'll tell you a story. I'm I'm in the process of writing my second book. My first book was about failure and and how you bounce back. My second book's called "Kids Aren't Born Assholes; They're Taught to Become Assholes." That's the title. That's the title of the book, mm. and it's all about actually not parenting your children. Like, there's all these kids out there that have got bad attitudes that do this, do that, and that's because their parents don't give a fuck about them. They don't actually sit there and guide them through life. Like your mum, she's guided you through life. She's hugged you. She's tickled you to sleep. She's done <laughs> like, seriously, mate. There, she's parented you. Your dad, oh, okay, yep. Your discipline from your dad actually is a good thing. It's yeah. not a bad thing. Yeah. When you sit back and look at this stuff about how you were parented, you're here right now where you are because sure. they brought you up. Lots of kids out there don't get that. All these kids, there's bullies, there's all this. There's, there's so many different topics that you we can go through in regards to that. Take it for granted. Yeah. Society's changed. Oh, man, don't get me the started. The eighth place trophy. What the fuck? Why do you have to give everyone a trophy? <laughs> I don't understand. <laughs> Seriously, that, that's the sort of thing. And so my, we, we parent our kids and um, I love them to death and it's just uh, they're, they're amazing humans. Do you concern yourself with uh, the future of society, of humanity? You know, you've brought children into this world and, and they've got, I mean, you know, you're talking they're teenagers. Yep. I mean, they've got another 80 years, let's say, yeah, to live sure. in this world. And, you know, the, the prognosis for the future of society yep. isn't always a good one. I mean, Indeed. it feels like there's a proliferation of, of issues uh, that just, you know, everything from, I mean, you look at the Amazon rainforest, 20% mm-hmm. of the, the Earth's oxygen is created there. It just burnt down. Just, buddy, they're burning <laughs> that thing down as we speak. Unbelievable. Isn't right? It? You know, you look at, the, the, don't get me started, but there's any number of things that could at any moment cause, you know, and, and I just think far out, is this a world, and I hate to say this to no, someone with children, bad. but you know, no it problem must with concern you. It does. It does. But at the same time, you can only do what you can do for who you can do it for and how you do it. So you can only have uh, an effect on things you can have an effect on and other stuff you just ride with. you just got to live with it. And it's just one of those things you've got to do. Like I can't help that the Amazon forest is burning down and that half the earth will then die because they can't breathe anymore. But at the same time, I can't help that there's a, a Category 5 hurricane just hitting the Bahamas. Yeah. We were there two years ago and it was a beautiful place. Yeah. Like that place is going to be trashed now for a long, long time. Yeah, and that's right. All those people suffering and stuff. But I can't do anything about that. I can look after my daughter who's trying to get a P-plates in the next few months and I'll teach yeah. her how to drive and I can do that. I can go to my son's football game. I can go boxing with my daughter as I did this morning. And yeah. those sort of things, I can only do what I can do. I wonder if this different perspective, see, because I don't have children, yeah. uh, maybe I do have the, the time to kind of, I'm, I mean, you're aware of these issues. Of course. Um, and like you say, I mean, there's no point crying over spilled milk. I mean, if there's nothing you can do about it, then probably there's no point worrying about it. Um, and, and that's, I suppose, one way of seeing it. I, it's also interesting that you've got time on your hands. Yeah. Because it's not... Some of it's not filled with having to do shit for six other people. Picking right? kids up. And- <laughs> I mean, there's six people I've got to look at and two dogs. And the thing I look at it and, and think we, we've had this conversation before we went on air is the fact that you, you, wanted, you had soy in your tea because you don't like the fact that you drink milk. Yeah. I'm allergic to dairy. I'm only allergic to dairy protein, which is actually the protein in the milk. It's not the lactose or the, um, or the cream. Mm-hmm. So I can actually still have a cream bun, <laughs> but I can't have the actual bun if it's got milk in it. Okay. Really interesting. And that's when I asked you, and you mentioned you're a vegetarian. Yeah. Why? Uh, well, that's a good question. I, and I've said this before, I don't like animal cruelty. Okay. I really don't. What about if an animal's killed humanely? Well, that's, that makes no difference. Then okay. it, it's probably not raised humanely. Mm-hmm. If it's raised for its flesh. Yeah. 
then and and a lot of people go oh, far out. This guy, you know, he's like an animal activist. Well, not at all. You're in a, you've got an opinion. Everyone's exactly. got an opinion. Exactly. Look, um, you know, here we are. Like I, I literally, you know, before I came here, I've I've got a cat sleeping on my bed right now, mm-hmm. and it's a beautiful, fluffy cat. And if anything happened to that cat, I'll be straight off to the vet. Yep. You know what I mean? And, and I spend, spend a ridiculous I spend amount top of money. dollar getting it fixed. <laughs> of course. And yet I'll walk into Coles and pick up another animal in a bag and go home and eat it. So, to me, it, it's illogical. Okay. Um, it, it's counterintuitive to to have one feeling about a pet and and what we've just the only reason and I've said this again before um it, the only reason we eat meat there's, there's two main reasons it's it's habit and tradition you do yeah. not need it mm-hmm. in fact people say oh but I need my protein did you know that animals bodies actually don't produce protein the only the only living organism on this planet that can produce protein is, is plants <laughs> that's it mate you look at a gorilla yep buddy they they two three hundred kilo of muscle. solid muscle <laughs> look at a kangaroo you see those pictures of those kangaroos yeah, yeah. massive biceps on them they're eating grass yeah all right so don't even novak Djokovic is a vegan did you know that he's a world he? number one tennis player yeah exactly yeah. so that's right but it's also you know it's what you've been used to it's what you what, what you get bored tradition and tradition. habit yeah no that's so right. true Interesting. so i i don't know look i i love bacon <laughs> I know so what's I love wrong. Pigs. <laughs> I know, but that's fine. If I bought a pig in here yeah. right now, a little, a little, a little squeaky, you, pig, you'd want to love it. Get, I'd absolutely, I'd pay him and you would. Stuff. I'd eat his mum. No, <laughs> well, you, no, you would. <laughs> I probably would. Yeah. Do you see? Do you see? There's, there's no logic to that. There's at none. All. No, no, I agree. Okay, but there's a lot of things in life that there's no logic for. How do you change? Well, isn't it really? Yes, there. Is, that's right. Mate, I mean, I, I heard yesterday on the radio. This, this was so bizarre. That in Canberra now, all of the politicians from the last election that didn't get re-elected, they're now looking to put them through training and skills to go out into the real world. That's Be- new. Because there's a lot of these politicians that are now going on new start allowance because they can't get a job. Yeah, they're professional politicians. What the fuck? Yeah. <clears throat> I-, I just sat there, I was bewildered. No logic at all. How we've got people running this country who are no good at anything, who have but running never the actually done anything yeah. to do stuff. Like the health minister is not a doctor. What mm. the fuck's with that? The education minister is not an a educator. Teacher. Yeah, yeah. It's like you just look at these. Oh, yeah, he looks good. He looks good in a suit. He can talk on the TV. Yep, let's make him education minister. I think, there's no logic. Yeah, I mean, it's the same point. Somebody but like different. A, a transport minister should be someone like Lindsay Fox. Do you know that knows inside out? Um, you know, a foreign minister should be someone that that's a foreign that's not just a dignitary. Yeah, that's you know that can actually speak another language. Would be handy, right? You know what I mean? Like, um, I mean, we, we've had some good politicians. We have that that really they're very good for it, but they get chewed up and spat out. Mm-hmm. I mean, the environment minister. I mean, Peter Garrett should have been should be so have done so much better. Oh. What, that insulation issue yeah. that, that he fell down there. I mean, I think he was trying his very best. He was so. I thought he was great. And was, they and they just he churned him out. It's just unbelievable. And that's I mean, this is all that the whole logic point though. Is yeah. I understand your feelings on and and to me, good on you. That's that's the way you feel. If that's what you want to eat, you eat that. I yeah. I eat this stuff because I enjoy it. I only live once. <sighs> that's the other way. See, this is it, Brett. You know, you <laughs> you've always got to you always got a, a a reason to 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 make yourself feel better, and that's a good of thing. Of course, that's that's you know just. A, should I eat better? Hundred percent, I should eat better. Should I eat more vegetables? Hundred percent, I should eat more vegetables. I know that, yeah. and at the same time, is yep, I am doing something about that. I'm I'm losing weight by actually doing that. It's quite funny when you actually eat good food, you lose weight. That's right. So let's eat good food all the time. Yeah, good idea that one. <laughs> it, it doesn't take much. Do you? No, it's not a good habit to get into. Definitely, you know. You, Okay, so I've got a couple of questions for you that, that I had to ask, and one of them's from my daughter. Did you really get your hair tattooed on your head? I did. Did it hurt? No. Hey? I, okay. Because I, I saw you on Instagram the other day. I'm going to say you were crying, but you weren't really crying, getting a tattoo removed oh, off your arm. That hurts. <laughs> that hurts, man. Yeah. Oh, my God. Look, out of 10, that's a 10. Really? Yeah, it could be an 11. Um, it's horrible. But, no, I, I actually do the treatment. I, I put... I now do the treatment for they call it SMP scalp micropigmentation. So somebody okay. somebody who's bald, yep. um, comes in and, and you know he's sick of being bald, mm-hmm. just wants a hairline. I mean, we yeah. can't put we're not going to put hair. You're not going to make it grow. But what we do is it's a series of about twenty thousand dots. Yep. Uh, we we have a it looks real. 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Looks like you've shaven your head. It does, yeah. So, yeah, to your daughter, I have had that done. Okay. Um, and and now, was it painful was the second question? No, because it's uh, it only goes very uh, shallowly into the skin, into the oh, okay. layer. And, um, you know, a normal tattoo gun goes a lot deeper. That We, we use a very small tattoo gun with a very specific ink. Mm-hmm. Um, I was trained by a guy who was essentially a pioneer in the industry and he brought it to Australia and, and I work out of his studio. So if anyone wants it done, let me know. So you do it yourself? Yeah, yeah. I, oh, wow. It's my new job. I'm no longer an electrician. I do SMP. Wow. Okay. Oh, I should have told you that. No, we're going to get to that in a sec. Yeah. <laughs> okay, my second question, which is my other daughter, do you find maths funny on Instagram Amusing, or do I you do. find it offensive, or no, how, it is, uh, how do you view it? Because it's one of the best things ever. Okay, so Maps Funny is and Batchy Funny and all those. So I think yeah. it's the same person. Yeah, they dub the voiceover you. Yeah. I mean, it, it, as long as it's not insulting, it, I think it's in good humor. Yes, you know, um, it can take the piss a bit. Uh, <laughs> which, look, honestly, that's a breath of fresh air compared to some of the trolling that you yeah. get. I mean, mate, some of the trolling you got no idea. It is, it's cruel. Um, you know, and, and thankfully, you know, I'm a well-adjusted adult male and I can sort of take it in my stride, but I, th- I worry for those young guys and girls out there who are, you know, a bit more sensitive and maybe impressionable who they read these really hurtful, t- uh, tweets and, and Instagram uploads and, and memes, and Facebook groups that there's groups of Facebook people, man, who just troll and, uh, uh say a particular show maths get smashed. I got smashed yeah. by these guys. And this isn't just a couple of dozen. This is hundreds of thousands of people really? that all go, oh, yeah, they fire each other up and the, the hatred in there. It's like, hang on a second. It's a TV show. Come it's on. A TV. Come on. Yeah, You're taking yeah. this a bit seriously. Um, wow. Yeah. That's, that's trolling, man. Bully, it's like adult bullying. It trolling is, is adult bullying. Trolling is atrocious. It's a, yeah. is. Okay, mate. I, got, I always end these with some quick fire questions. Who's the greatest influence on your life? Um, I like Kelly Slater, uh, just for his achievements and his humility. Um, I really like Jordan Peterson. Can I just, do I need to choose Go one? Your life. Because some are, you know, sort of different realms. Um, sporting Kelly, uh, you know, sociologists, probably, uh, Jordan Peterson, uh, historical figures, uh, far out. There's any number of them. I, I love Leonardo da Vinci, uh, political. I love Noam Chomsky. Um, and uh, far out spiritual, I suppose, uh, the spiritual teachings of Buddha. Of the Buddha. Or the Hindus. Hindus, maybe. Okay. Yeah. Favorite food? Uh, vegetarian pizza. With vegan cheese or with? Uh, vegan cheese, yeah. Uh, yeah. Why, there's a place at Southport makes the best vegan cheese on the planet. Really? There is. No idea what's in I'm it. I'm going to have to get you the name. I'll give you the name. Yeah, it's it's the best place. Anyway, our favorite song? Oh, Has buddy, to be one. Can only be one. I can't say that. Um, Oh, this is going to sound so cliche. I love Stairway to Heaven. Do you? Yeah, I do. That Great rock song. riff, man. Come on. One of the best. Yeah. Favorite place in the world? Oh, that, that's unfair. I love Amsterdam. I really think Amsterdam is a beautiful part cool of the world. city. Yeah. Uh, hang on. I'll tell you. No, I'm going to take that back. Colombia. Colombia? Colombia. Definitely. Wow. Yeah. I was having a moment. Yeah, definitely Colombia. It's warmer. It's beautiful. The people are amazing. The food's great. It's it's really affordable. The accommodation's good. Um, you get around easily, and there's lots of fun. Okay, what's next for Mike Gunner? <clears throat> well, um, I'm doing a bit of emceeing. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, I started up with an agency down in uh, Melbourne, mm-hmm. and um, hopefully going to be emceeing at different events. You know, hosting um, bits and pieces. Um, I want to keep going with my podcast. I enjoy that. Yeah. Um, you know. No, I'm, it's not. I don't do anything for financial gain. I do it for a, a, a good experience and to learn. Mm-hmm. Um, and and the podcast is definitely that. Uh, I might get back into the voiceover thing a little bit more. I haven't really pursued that. I don't know the odd bit of appearance stuff here and there. So you're still getting a bit of appearance stuff. Yeah, do you yeah. get paid for your appearances and all that sort of stuff. No, not always. No, okay. if someone if someone's polite and, and courteous and asks me in a in a nice way, I'll, I'll turn up to your party and just hang out. Um, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Give the man beer and he's happy. <laughs> yeah, a couple of drinks. You know, I don't stay long. Kind of go and shake yeah. some handshakes, get some photos. People people love it. I've had people just message and say, "I would, I really want to meet." You. I had a guy, a guy actually dro- drove from Brisbane and he said, "Listen, are you around? I've come down to, from Brisbane to meet you. I'm on the Gold Coast. I don't know where you are." 
and I'm like at home doing some. <laughs> I know. I thought, oh, here we go. I said, on. I know. And he, and he sent me a couple of messages. I said, look, let's chat on the phone. So I called him and he sounded like a really nice guy. He said, mm-hmm. I said, what are you, he said, what are you doing tonight? I said, well, let's meet at the pavilion in, say, an hour. And I went down the Burley Pavilion. Nicest guy. All he wanted to do was hang out, buy me a beer and get a photo. We hung out for an hour. Really nice fellow. I mean, no harm done, right? That's awesome. So you're off the tools now for good? Uh, you know what? I, yes, I am. I, I'm, I'm hanging up the pliers. Yeah. I, I need, really need to pursue something more creative. Okay. Now. So this is my next plan. Well, I, f- I think a lot of people with, um, I'm going to call it ADHD, as we did at the start of the podcast, um, should do this sort of thing because, like, you learn. And, uh, like, the reason we do our podcast is that whole reason. As it's not for financial gain. It's our passion project. Yeah. We love to do it. I love to meet people. I love to talk to people and hear people's stories. But as far as I'm concerned, you're an awesome human. Thanks Thank so much you. for your time. Appreciate, Appreciate it. it. Yeah. Thanks, mate. Thanks for having me. Cheers. Man. Hey guys, thanks for listening. And what an amazing human. Don't forget to hit us up on all the social channels at BJ Macker and look out for more Meteorate podcasts.